This is the Ballroom State of Mind podcast, episode 63, What You Make the Results Mean. Welcome to the Ballroom State of Mind podcast. I'm Amber Hader and I'm your host. I am an amateur ballroom dancer and I'm also a personal mindset coach. When I started dancing just a few years ago, I started to recognize pretty quickly the ways in which my head was getting in my way. And I could see it in the other dancers around me as well. So I determined pretty quickly that I gotta find a way to get these mindset tools that I use in my professional life into the hands of dancers so that they can improve faster, they can have more fun, less anxiety, and win more. We all wanna win a little bit more, not only in our dancing, but in life. The tools I share in this podcast are gonna help you do both. Thanks for being here. It's podcast time, my friends. And today I wanna talk about results. But actually, before I do that, let me just share this email that I got from one of my former clients. You guys, it made my day. And you know who you are. I'm gonna keep it anonymous, but... She sent me this email yesterday and this client, we worked together last fall for six sessions. Okay. That's usually about how long I work with someone. Sometimes we do six in a row. And so it's six weeks and sometimes I space them out and it's more closer to three months, but six sessions. Okay. We met together six times on zoom, but this is what she said in her email to me the other day. She said, I just wanted to check in to say hello and let you know that our coaching sessions last fall really made a difference in how I handled my most recent competition. When I did this competition in 2022, I was in tears at the end and had to scratch my multi-dances. This year, I called on the resources you gave me in our coaching sessions and the podcasts and felt so much more mentally ready. I felt like I deserved to be on that floor as much as anyone else, that we were all just travelers on a dance journey. We were all there to have fun and improve, period. That's what I focused on and that's what I did. Thank you for all you do to make the ballroom a more joyful place. Just wanted you to know how much you helped me. Oh, you guys love my clients. I have the best clients. You should be one. (laughs) So, hey, thank you for that email. You know who you are. That made my day. And it just is a testament to the power of coaching. You guys, it doesn't take much to shift things in your brain and to really change things for you and change things for the rest of your ballroom career. I mean, just think about that. If you could work on your mindset for just like six weeks to three months. Think about all of the years of dancing that you have done and all of the years of dancing that you have left. And think about how just such a short amount of time could really shift all of that. Oh, it's so powerful, but let's get back to the podcast. Okay. Today, I want to talk about results. And I like had to scour through my podcast because I was like, I'm sure I've talked about this. And I probably talked about it in like little bits, But I think what I was remembering was there was a post I did on Instagram about this. It was just a little blurb. And so I think that's in my mind. I did a podcast on it, but I didn't. So we're going to talk about it today. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit more depth than I did in that little blurb on Instagram. So results. Most of you, if you're competing, you care about your results to some degree. Some of you care a lot. Some of you care a little bit. Some of you don't care that much at all, but If you're competing, you probably care about your results to some degree, okay? And because you're competing, you're working towards some results. And so ultimately you care about those results. Now, 
when I first started taking ballroom lessons, I attended a showcase. It was at a, it was at a local hotel and the franchise said, Hey, come watch this showcase. And, and I went to go see what it was all about. And now I can look back and see, oh, it was basically like a mock competition. You know, dancers are doing all these different dances and they're going on and off the floor. And in some cases they're changing their dress and, and there's a, a row of judges on kind of sitting on a, at a table, like at a long table and they're watching and taking notes. And as I was watching and I was watching all this unfold, I was wondering how can those judges conclude anything about all those, all those dancers that are on the floor? But also they weren't handing out awards or anything. And so I asked, how do I know if I, if I win? <laughs> and they said, oh, well, this isn't a competition, but they said these dancers will get feedback afterwards and they will get to apply it to their dancing. And to me, that sounded okay, but it sounded more fun <laughs> to get feedback and or compete and win. And until that moment, I thought I just wanted to dance just for fun, which is what I think it would look like if we didn't have the competitive element. We would just be dancing for fun. We might be doing showcases. We might be doing things inside our studios, but it became clear to me in that moment that I wanted to compete and competition comes with results and not everybody loves that about competition. So here's what I wanna share with you today. I can see two big reasons that people struggle with their results. So I wanna talk about those and then I wanna give you a little bit different perspective or a way to um, like shake this loose for you so that you can um, just feel better about results. Okay. So the first thing that I see that I think is a problem with results is that in your minds, in our minds, the results are objective, or at least they should be. We want these results to tell us something definitive about our dancing. And guess what? They don't, <laughs> they aren't objective, my friends. You've probably all experienced this in some way where, for example, your results are all over the place. So some judges might mark you in the second, like second, third place range. And then another judge puts you like in fifth and another judge puts you, you in sixth, or maybe all the judges mark you first. And then there's this random judge that marks you fourth. And it's just not consistent and, and maybe you even consistently beat a certain dancer in let's say the single rounds, and then you get to multi-dances or a judging panel changes. And all of a sudden that dancer you were beating is now scoring better than you. And our brains do not like this because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense if you think it should be objective. Even if your dancing is consistent, generally speaking, you also need to consider you are always being judged against other dancers. Your best dancing can get you first place at one competition and then not making finals at the next, depending on who's there. Your dancing is never judged on its own. I mean, if you're doing an uncontested round, okay, you're going to get first, but you're not even really being judged at that point because they just get to put first and it doesn't give us any meaning even there. So it's your, your dancing is always being judged in comparison to someone else. It's never a strict assessment of your dancing. If you want a strict assessment of your dancing, you need to do like a solo, okay? Because the results that we get in pro-am, amateur, where there's multiple judges and they're just kind of putting you in 
a placement, those results are not a strict assessment of your dancing, but it's an assessment of your dancing in relation to others. So it's really not even about your dancing, not strictly so, but that is kind of what your brain wants. It wants to, it wants it to make sense. It wants it to be objective. Okay. Now results, think about this. Okay. Your results, this is how subjective they are. Okay. Your results are going to depend on, first of all, like who's in that round, who's in that round with you. It can depend on how you happen to be dancing at that competition. Let's say we're at that competition and your dancing happened to be dancing well, or even that day, it can depend on how you're feeling or how you're dancing that day, or even that particular round, something happened in a round before that, that maybe knocked you off your game. And so now you're in a new round and that's going to affect your dancing. And that could potentially affect your marks. It can depend on the other dancers and how the other dancers are dancing. And if this is a good comp for them or not, or if they're having a good day or a bad day, or if they're strong in this round or not, or they're dancing, depending on what happened earlier in the day or yesterday. Okay. You're dancing. Your results can depend on the judging panel. One panel might be favorable to you and another one, not so much. Your results can depend on the preferences of those judges. All of those judges are human beings, each one. And each one has things that they like, that they don't like, that they're looking for. They have pet peeves. And each one is going to have a very unique opinion. Some of them may not have even danced the style that you're dancing. So they may have just minimal or limited knowledge or experience rather in a particular style. And that might affect how they judge. It's going to take into account when they saw you, they probably get like between, I don't know, three and 20 seconds to judge you, depending on the number of couples that are in the round. Right. So they're, they're just getting to see you for the shortest amount of time. So what part of the routine did they see? And all of these judges looked at you probably at different times, saw different parts of your routine. And what if a judge saw you and you happen to get off time? Like I tend to get off time in the mambo if the music is too layered. So did they see you when you got off time? Is that the moment that they judged you? Or did they judge you when you were slaying it and you just killed that figure? And then they happened to be judging your neighbor when they had a mistake. Or did they even see you at all? Maybe you were not very visible on the floor or maybe they saw the other dancers first and they saw you last and they didn't get a chance to really see you dance. And so they just happened to put you last because that's what was left on their sheet. And how, how were those judges feeling that day? How long had they been judging? Were they just like, I mean, they're humans, you guys. And I can see if I was a judge and I was dancing and I was like judging all day and it's like super late or whatever. And I, and I might not be doing my best judging in that moment. Okay. It's so normal that you want to do well and that you want to get good results. And like I said, our brains like consistency and objectivity, and it wants to know what's true and it wants to know what's certain. It wants to make sense of these marks. Your brain wants to find the objectivity in the results. But my friends, this is not the place. <laughs> this is not the place to look for objectivity. You are not going to find it here and you're going to torture yourself looking for it. And so that is the first reason that I think 
people have such a hard time with results. Okay. The second reason I think people struggle with results is because of what you make those results mean. Now, remember, you're looking for that objectivity probably because your brain wants to make a judgment. It wants to know something. It wants, if it, if it could be objective and it could give you the result that was objective, what is it that you think it's saying? Okay. And when I ask my clients this question and I, and I question them a little bit and I push past that, I don't know. And, and I just want my work to pay off. If we, if we push a little further and we get a little deeper, what we find is that the real reason is most often you're trying to tie your self-worth to the result. This is why we care so much. We care because when we get good marks, we will believe I did a good job. My hard work paid off. And so the world is fair and I didn't end up disappointing anyone. And I don't have to report a dismal result to anyone. And so now I can just believe that I'm a worthy human being and I get to leave feeling good feelings about myself instead of negative ones. And so then I get to just kind of be at peace. And all of that leads to the result of, I get to believe I'm a valuable human being. I get to believe that I'm worthy, that I'm enough. That's what you want. That's what we're trying to make these results mean. And remember, these are very, very subjective results that, that I mean, honestly, mean very little. And you're using that to potentially determine your self-worth. And that is a recipe for disaster. When you put a lot of pressure on those results to determine your self-worth, it makes them very scary. But it's just not true, you guys. The results don't tell you about you. They don't tell you about your worthiness. They don't even tell us if you're a good dancer or not. There are some un unbelievably good dancers that don't make finals. Just look at the pros. Let's say they, they don't make their finals. They didn't get quote unquote good results. Should they believe they don't belong? No. Should they believe that they have failed? No. Should they believe that they're an embarrassment? No. Any one of us is drooling over those pros who didn't make those finals. So those results aren't even informing us if our dancing is good or not. Because remember, it's all in comparison to others. Your results do not determine your worth, okay? Because human beings have value and are worthy without condition. This is the society that we live in, and this is how we were raised, and this is how we were conditioned to think, is you achieve, and so then that means you are good. You achieve, you get a success, and that means you are valuable. And so we are always looking to achieve so that we can finally feel good about ourselves and feel like we're enough. We, we, we want to think that the way it works is people are valuable when people are worthy, when we can feel, we can feel good about ourselves when we do X, Y, Z. But I really want you to think about this and I really want you to let it land. And over time, I really want you to understand that your self-worth is not conditional. It's not, it just is. It's just like, a, it's just a value. It just, I just believe that people are worthy. I just believe people are worthy of love. I just believe that people are worthy of acceptance and they don't have to earn it. 
You can think that you don't have to earn it. When we just believe that we are worthy regardless, we can still strive. We can still want to achieve. But when we already feel worthy and we already recognize our worthiness, then that achieving gets to be out of growth and expansion rather than needing to prove something or needing to prove I'm worthy. That's a very different energy to be operating from. Then we can learn from our marks rather than use them to hurt ourselves. Because when you can stop using your marks to judge you, you can actually learn something from them. You can actually extract some data from them. So what can we learn from our marks and how can we use them? For one thing, you can look for patterns, okay? So how are you scoring generally at a particular competition? Are you generally in the middle of the pack? And are you moving from, let's say, normally when I'm competing, I'm kind of in a fourth, fifth range, let's say, like a middle of the pack or, um, or even towards the end of the pack, like I'm in the sixth, seventh range, whatever it is. And are we moving over time into more seconds and thirds, even checking your marks and being like, oh, more judges are starting to score us just a little bit higher. Are you moving the needle in the right direction? And there are clues to that. Were you not making finals pretty consistently, but now you are making more finals. And maybe you make finals in your singles, but maybe not your multi dances, but, but we're moving the needle and we're getting a little bit better over time. Or maybe you have scores or your scores are finally getting kind of consistent, like meaning most of the judges seem to be scoring you about the same, even if they're mostly all scoring you fourth ish, like, is it consistent or is it all over the place? Like I got, I got scored one, two, four, five, five. Then there's clues there too. Like maybe we're not presenting ourselves clearly. Maybe there's some choreography that we need to clean up. Maybe there's some technique that's being applied, but maybe it's not being applied throughout the routine. So what can I use these marks to inform me of? And what can I, what can I work on that I can extract from these marks? Okay. So is your dancing getting more readable over time? Is it getting more predictable? And generally speaking, if those if those marks are kind of consistent across the judging panel, then your dancing is probably getting more readable. Your partnering is probably getting better and your technique is probably getting applied more consistently throughout your routine. Okay, then next you can assess, how are you competing? Like marks aside, how are you competing? Are you improving your emotional state over time? Are you more in control of yourself as you're competing? Are you feeling more comfortable competing? Are you having more fun? Are you feeling more at ease? Is your partnering getting better? Are you looking better as a couple? Okay, are you able to gather information from your marks like, huh, my swing and my mambo are scoring better than my cha-cha and my rumba. Hmm, and actually my bolero seems to be my weakest. So even if, even if your marks aren't consistent, you probably can extract something like that. And that is very good stuff to know because then you can know, oh gosh, I better give a little bit more attention to my bolero. My, I'm so glad my swing and my mambo were looking favorable. So we probably don't want to tweak those too much, just like tighten them up. And that is very useful information that you can put to work and you can use to improve your dancing. And that's way more useful to you 
then if you're taking these marks and going, oh, I suck, I'm terrible, I'm a terrible dancer, I don't belong here, and I probably shouldn't be doing this because I'm such an embarrassment and a disappointment. That kind of thinking is not going to help you at all. Okay. So if you cannot get stuck in judging yourself for it and actually take it as data, you can get to work on shoring up those dances that need work. Use those marks constructively, my friends. Do not use them to beat yourself up. Do not use them to judge yourself. Use those marks as only one of the tools in your toolbox that you use to work on your craft. Don't look for deeper meaning in those results. It's not there. It's too subjective for deeper meaning. And it's certainly not commentary on your value as we discussed. So don't let anxiety or fear about those results trip you up. There's a quote um, by Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote this book, Big Magic, which I think I've read twice. Probably time to read it again because it's so inspiring, especially if you're creative or artistic in any way. And the quote is, measure your worth by your dedication to your path, not by your successes and failures. Okay, so don't reduce all of your hard work to singular results. Consider your dedication to your path. Just focus on perfecting your craft and just delivering the best performance that you can, whatever that is in that moment on that day. And just focus on your delivery. Focus on the moment. Give your all in those moments. It doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter what their name is. It doesn't matter who's judging. It doesn't matter how big the competition is. It doesn't matter how small the competition is. None of that matters. You dance your best no matter what the conditions are, okay? And you just give all of your time and attention and focus to those moments where you're on the floor and you're dancing and you're partnering and the music's playing. And that is where all of your attention and focus should be. So no matter what the marks say, give your all and let those chips fall where they may. No matter what the marks say, you are gonna get up the next day and do it all again. Whether you succeed or quote unquote fail, if I know you, you're gonna get up the next day and get back to practicing and get back to lessons and we're gonna do it again probably in a couple of months, okay? So how lucky are we that you get the chance to do that, that we get the chance to get up again tomorrow and keep dancing. So just focus on that, let the results go. Let them go. Okay. I love you guys. That's what I have for you today. Let's catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Do you have a mindset coach yet? If you don't, you should really think about it because all of the best dancers, all of the best athletes, they have coaches and it's not because they're weak. It's because they're smart. And they know that if they have gaps that they need to fill, they got to hire the right people to fill those gaps so that they can fulfill their potential, become the dancer that they always dreamed that they would be. All right. So it's super easy to find out if private coaching is for you. You just get on a dance strategy call with me. It's free. It's simple. It's not very long. And I'll give you some strategies right away that you can apply right away. And then if we want to work together beyond that, we can discuss it. But other than that, it's a super simple process. I'll leave information in the show notes about how to make that happen. So thanks for being here today.